Rick Dayton Show on the air, off for a couple of days, but so glad to be back with you and so glad to bring in Dr. Francesca Ortegren. She's a researcher for Clover Real Estate, and it is awesome. Clever Real Estate, excuse me. It's so great to have her joining us talking about some new numbers that they have just put out. Welcome into the program on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, Dr. Francesca Ortegren. Francesca, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Rick? I am great. We had you on, I think it was back in September, when your firm had done some some work about the best college towns, like best college sports towns. And we went back and forth a little bit about where Pittsburgh was or was not in the top 20. Pittsburgh, however, this time around, when it comes to most affordable cities, comes in at number one. Does this surprise you as you were doing? I mean, there obviously are, are methodologies and things like that that go into it. But as you were sitting down to do this, did you have any idea as to what you expected the results to be? Um, not completely. Um, I did expect a lot of like Midwestern and Southern areas to be kind of higher on that list. Pittsburgh was a little surprising, though. I don't usually think of Pittsburgh when I'm thinking of affordable places. Um just because I kind of lump it in with the East Coast, you know. So, um, but you're you're kind of right in the middle between the East and the the um, Midwest. So it's definitely understandable, um, and it's definitely pretty affordable. The average home value is only about one ninety right. in the Pittsburgh metro area. Right. So when you break it out and you take a look at this, and what you're comparing basically is you're coming up with a ratio. The way the study is done, just for those who haven't seen it, is looking at a ratio of the house price to income ratio. So they say the average home value, just as Francesca said, is about 190,081. The average income per household in Pittsburgh is 84,800. So you divide one by the other and you come up with a factor or a ratio of 2.2 to one. Cleveland, which was number two, was at 2.4. Oklahoma City, 2.5, same as St. Louis and Birmingham, Alabama. Cincinnati, 2.6. And that was right there at what the recommended ratio is. When you say recommended ratio, Francesca, what does that mean? Is that is that terms of, of what real estate people say or financial people say? Who recommends that ratio? Um, it's a little bit of both. It's kind of the realtors tend to go by this this recommendation that you shouldn't spend maybe 2.6 to three times your income on a house. Um, and financially, banks used to kind of stick a little bit more closely to the to three times your income. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't necessarily want to give you a mortgage for more than three times your income. Um, it's not necessarily a hard rule. It's just kind of a recommendation if you go much higher than that in terms of the value of your home compared to your income you might end up spending a lot more than you want to from month to month on your housing and that number comes pretty close to i mean the the rule of thumb that we were always told growing up and again i'm somebody in my 50s was look at it being 30 percent 30 percent of your income should go to housing and not more than that if you want to stay in that affordability range and at the same time you know not buying more house or being house poor if you will if you look at some of these other places los angeles was at 9.8 San Jose, 9.1. San Francisco, 8.3. San Diego, also above 7.5 at 7.8. Francesca, how do people afford to live in those places? I, I I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand it either, to be completely honest. I think what we see in places, especially like San Francisco, where there's a lot of tech, is that people have pretty high salaries there. Um, so we did see that the average household incomes uh one almost 150 in san francisco 
But we also know that there are a lot more single people in areas like San Francisco and L.A. So that's maybe just a single income versus places like Pittsburgh or even St. Louis. We're probably looking at a higher proportion of dual income families. San Francisco's um, so average housing price. You're making less. Yeah, right. Yeah. San Francisco's average housing price is one point two four million. That's average. That's not the most expensive. That's average. I mean, it's just it's hard to comprehend when Pittsburgh's average price is around one hundred and ninety thousand dollars. It's just it's hard for those of us who live here to really wrap our brains around that. Dr. Francesca Ortegren joining us, a researcher with Clever Real Estate. They've put out their study on most affordable places. Pittsburgh, number one in the country. What exactly does this mean when these sorts of numbers come out? Do real estate values change later on because it's more in demand, that more people move there? Or does it take a long time for those numbers or those trends to change, do you think? I think it could. I think we're in an interesting kind of space um, in time because more and more people are working remotely. So you have more opportunities to kind of get a job anywhere in the United States Mm -hmm. and live somewhere really affordable. Whereas even, you know, just three or four years ago, that was less common. So if you wanted to live in a place like Pittsburgh, you would have to find a job in Pittsburgh, and that might not always be possible. But now, you know, with the rise in, in remote work, you might be able to, you might be seeing more people going to places like Pittsburgh and Cleveland, um, Oklahoma City, St. Louis, just to be able to, you know, uh, afford living at a higher quality of life. Yeah. And one of the other things that's interesting is that you also looked at what's going on with income as it relates to housing, which is going up more rapidly. We all know the huge increase and the huge run up in terms of real estate prices that's gone on. But the issue for a lot of people, I mean, you look in places like New Orleans and Houston and Oklahoma City, income has actually gone down in those places. So income is not keeping up with the rising price of real estate. Does that suggest perhaps that there's a bubble that could break and people can't keep up with their housing? It could. Um, I think especially with what we've seen lately, which is this, you know, extreme increase in home prices um, as a partly as a result of the pandemic. Um, I think people who are buying right now could end up like underwater in their mortgages mm-hmm. um, because I do think that we're going to see it even out a little bit, at least in the short term. Um, but I don't I don't foresee anything that was kind of quite as dramatic as what we saw in 2008. What do we anticipate happens with real estate moving forward? Can we continue that trend or is that sort of what you're saying? Were you suggesting that you think income catches up or do you think that real estate sort of levels off? I don't think it'll level off. I think it'll well, I guess compared to what we've seen the last year, it might level back it out a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, um, we're going to go back to, you know, like pre-pandemic increasing instead of what we've seen lately at some point, I think. But I don't see it slowing down, um, at least not to where it's not to where most housing is affordable. I think instead what we're going to see is that people are getting priced out and younger people are going to continue to wait longer and longer to start buying. Um, And we might end up in a in a place where a lot of people prefer to rent and invest their money in different ways so that they can earn um, capital over time instead of through buying a house. So that'll be an interesting shift in kind of the quote unquote American dream and what we've seen historically. But um, I do think that we've already started to see it with millennials. And my guess is that Gen Z is going to follow 
uh, that same pattern as well. Francesca, final question. As you're looking at these numbers, when you say Pittsburgh, are you talking about city of Pittsburgh only, or are you taking into consideration the larger area, the metro area, when you're saying Pittsburgh and when coming up with these home valuations? Uh, this is from the larger census metro area. Okay. Got it. That that does clarify things uh, very nicely. Francesca, mm-hmm. thanks so much for being on. It's always good to hear from you and love how you give us these uh, these nuggets and these pieces of information that allow us to make better decisions as consumers and buyers. And, uh, and we very much appreciate you being on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Always good to have her on. Dr. Francesca Ortegren, researcher for Clever Real Estate. We're going to talk more about this as we continue on the Rick Dayton Show.